Welcome to Hit for Six. It's a, a grey, dank Monday morning. We're in a room at my work that it smells of fish, doesn't it, Michael? Really? It's a bit. I'm getting used to it. Are you getting used to the smell? It smells like a salmon pate. I am getting used to it. But I think if I stepped outside for a second and came back in, it would hit me all over again because it does stink. And yeah, I, we don't know what this is a new. This is a new office. Yeah, all the other rooms have that lovely, you know, that new smell. It's like the new car smell, new home smell. That that really nice smell. Every other room has that. We've gone into the one room that smells of fish. Um, but anyway, um, great to catch up. We've been meaning to do a podcast mid-group stage, but um, we're doing them in person these days. And unfortunately, we just couldn't get diaries to align until this morning. But perhaps it's a perfect time to do a podcast with a dramatic weekend, the final part of the Super 12, I guess is what they call it. Those sort of two groups of six. Mm. Um, but before we dive into the nitty gritty of South Africa bottling it again and, and England qualifying, Australia getting knocked out of their own tournament. Michael, from your point of view, what's been the best and worst thing about the T20 World Cup so far? Worst thing, clearly the weather. I mean, that's an easy answer, right? Like, it's a shame that it happened in the in-between season, in-between Aussie rules football and the actual cricket season, so the rainy season. Um, but you get why. It's to protect Australian cricket money um, because they don't get this money from the World Cup. So, obviously, they're going to protect the Big Bash. They're going to protect their tests. So, they're going to happen in the proper cricket season. But it has meant some interesting games being rained off. So, England, Australia would have literally affected the outcome of the group stage and that got rained off, probably benefited us more than them. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that's probably the worst thing. And the best thing would probably be the upsets just because it's been really fun. There's actually been a lot more upsets than usual. And um, you, you don't even call them the minnows, I suppose, but like the, the ones who qualified... Um, I think I think associate nations is the, is the correct term. Associate like, nations... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm finding it bizarre that Netherlands beat South Africa when we watched that Netherlands team. I suppose they were missing some of their stars when we watched them get pummeled for 500 by Joss Butler and co. But yeah, the uh, the upsets have been good. And um, yeah, how about, how about you? Yeah, I think for me, the... Well, I, I agree with both of what you said. So I'll say two different things to avoid repeating the, the same sort of stuff. I think one thing it's for me, it's just a shame that the, the lack of engagement of the tournament from people I know who quite like cricket versus love cricket. So this one bloke, my boss's boss here, he loves his cricket. I think we were in the office in New Zealand and I could see him like looking at me and like we were delighted at how things were going. But beyond that, there's a whole load of other people here who quite like cricket. Some of my best mates from school, uni, who like moderately like cricket. And they're like, oh yeah, I haven't really been following it. I heard we I heard we're doing okay. That's a real shame for me because I think it's been a brilliant tournament. And that leads nicely onto my favorite thing, which is just being close games. 2020 cricket is the worst form of cricket when it's a one-sided game. Even worse than Test or ODI. Like a one-sided T20 is the most depressing thing. But we've had loads of really exciting games and random games. Like Zimbabwe have been in loads of great games. There's that one against Bangladesh where it looked like they'd won it, but the stumping the keeper taking it in front of the stumps. It was a no ball, so they had to pull the last ball again, and they still won. They beat Pakistan by one run. Obviously, the Pakistan-India game was brilliant. England taking it down to the wire against Sri Lanka. Almost, almost every game has gone near enough to the wire. Like yeah. there's been a few, there's been a few one-sided ones. Like for example, India against Zimbabwe yesterday. But on the and, whole, and Australia, New Zealand. 
Oh, yes, famously, well, it's been probably the most influential game in the tournament because it yeah. it wrecks Australia's net run rate so much that yeah they were always behind behind from that point on. But I do wonder why it's been a good World Cup in terms of games, and I think it's because the bowlers have done really well. Like it's been a good World Cup for bowlers. There haven't been that many, apart from that New Zealand um, Australia game. I can't think of another two hundred score. South Africa got two hundred where Rousseau scored a. A century. I think it was against Bangladesh. When it matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> he whacked it everywhere. So it was a good, it was a good knock. But um, yeah, it's been more of a bowlers World Cup. Definitely. But then is that also because of the season we're playing in? So we're, you know, it's you kind of swings and roundabouts. Uh, you're yeah. getting more close games, but also getting some games rained off. And and some used pictures as well, like the English Sri Lanka game, a good example of that. They played a few games there, so it really took well to spin. So you saw how in both innings the scoring rate plummeted at that point. Uh, India in particular have been able to get such movement with the new ball, something we'll talk about when we preview the semi-finals. Uh, but yeah, I think it's been maybe my favourite ever 2020 World Cup. I'm loving it. Wow, that's a big, big I th- claim. I think it's been great. It's been so much better than last year. Last year's was pants. Unfortunately, that was the one I got to go to. Um, yeah, yeah, indeed. And last year was one we really should have won. I think this year it'd be good if we won it, but last year we had the team to win it. Should we talk about that a bit, like how we've changed since last year? Because it's really interesting, actually, watching England. Because the thing that you could always say about England for the last few years in T20s is got all that batting power, batting blitzing, but the death bowl has been really poor. And the death bowl has actually been the best thing about our team this tournament. Like Sam Curran, never have I had my cricketing opinion of someone turned around so comprehensively because he is a gun and he's so good at the death. Like when he took against New Zealand, I think it was that catch in the deep to get out, I think Jimmy Neesham off Mark Wood, and he took it. And in the same movement as taking it was turning to fist pump the crowd. I got shivers. Because it was that kind of, you know, we're winning this energy that I think we sometimes lack a little bit. And um, he's been wonderful with the ball at the end. Mark Wood, I know he got pumped in his first over yesterday and he came back and blitzed them. Chris Wokes has proven me wrong. They're doing really, really well with the ball. Yeah, they are. I think it's, and it's, yeah, it's England's middle order batting that at one point you thought we've got too many people to pick from where we've been a bit weak. I mean, Hales and Butler have really come into their own feeling Good about that, but Milan couldn't find the middle of the bat. It now looks like he's going to be out injured. Brooks being a letdown, averaging eight uh, strike over about hundred. That's not great. Uh, Stokes did well to anchor his home on the weekend, but up till then hadn't been at his dominant best. Livingston hasn't really got going. Moeen, to be fair, was definitely going to win us that game against Ireland until it rains, but because uh, he was smashing it. Although Moeen, again, it's frustrating because you know he's you know he's great player he's got all this experience but I never had any faith that he wasn't going to chip into cover in that situation against Sri Lanka like when in these tight run chases he does normally find a way to get out yeah he does and then yeah and and that's kind of our our, our main line batting there's still so much talent in there that I still feel quite quite hopeful and quite confident but it feels more and more that if we're to win a game Unless there is like a moment of magic from Stokes or Moeen, which is always possible. I'm really looking at Hales and Butler to be the ones to, to basically win us games, which makes me extra worried about India. I think I think Stokes, it sounds bad, but Stokes is definitely helped by Darren Milan getting injured because there wasn't room for him and Darren Milan in the same T20 team, which is why we've looked a bit unbalanced and why Milan has to keep punting down the order because they're both 
well, Milan's a much quicker starter than Stokes, actually. So Milan's a bit unfairly treated because he gets relegated because of Stokes' celebrity X Factor and whatever. But Stokes isn't really someone who will go from ball one. He does scratch around a bit and he takes time to get going. He's actually much more suited to batting three than anywhere else in this lineup. So if Malan's injured, Stokes can be there and he can play that kind of in these saw against Sri Lanka where he doesn't have to hit a lot of boundaries, but he can manage the game smartly. So I think he'll bat three if Malan's gone. The big question is, do they bring in another big hitter, Phil Salt, or do they strengthen the bowling, get Chris Jordan in? I think with your Curran and Woods, Rashid, Moeen, Stokes, Wokes. I don't think we then need Chris Jordan in that team as well. So I, I'd, I'd go for the Salt in for, for Milan, like for like. And You wanted to say Folks after Wokes there, didn't you? Yeah, obviously. Because... It, it, it rolls off the tongue so nicely. It's like you're holding a sneeze or something. You can <laughs> yeah. just feel it. Uh, but I would agree. Bring in Phil Salt. He's going to just come in and try and whack it. He's pretty uncomplicated as batsman. That's probably what you need, actually. Just a free hit, almost. Um, and... I don't really want Chris Jordan to be bowling. I want Chris Jordan to be coming on for one of our fielders in the fifth over, <laughs> standing at long on and taking every catch. I think I messaged somebody saying cricket should just be watching Chris Jordan take a variety of catches because it is wonderful. He is a very good fielder. It certainly is. Just buckets. Also, the only other thing I would say is Rashid wasn't having a lot of luck with the ball. He wasn't bowling his best, but I think he also wasn't like, he was very unlucky to have that drop by Maureen. Um, against New Zealand yeah, yeah Phillip, like Phillips won yeah he'd done the job to get Phillips and then Moe did that um, but he bowled so well against Sri Lanka didn't go for boundary I think he went for 14 of his four overs and he was the one that changed the game because they were flying and then he absolutely just killed it and he got their main man out um, so yeah so she yeah. coming back into form is very good news yeah so with that then before we move on and maybe look at the the other semi-final, England come up against India, and India with a revitalised Virat with his match-winning innings against Pakistan and then a battered beautifully against the Netherlands as well and has looked in, in good touch throughout the tournament. Crucially for them as well, with I think where they're really dangerous is how they open up. So they've got Amandeep Singh, who's hooping it left arm, and then Bhuvi Kumi, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, he's, a, he's an excellent bowler with a new ball in, in limited overs cricket as well. means that I think they're particularly effective at negating the power play, which has also been England's main strength, particularly against Sri Lanka. Kumar's got Butler, hasn't he? Like, I think Booby Kumi's record against Butler is outstanding. Yeah. Well, indeed. So this was my my theory. Well, what I would do, but I, it's one of those big risks that then when it doesn't pay off, everyone has to go at you. But I would open up with Salt and Hales, bat Stokes at three and bat Butler at four. So he can come into his own against uh, a non-swinging ball and against the spin with losing Milan a little bit lighter against spin. Obviously, India, as ever, have, have strong spinners. That's how I would line us up for that game. But I appreciate moving the captain down the order and putting in Phil Salt fresh, opening the batting in the World T20 semi-final is a, is a big call. It would be funky. I mean, but, That's what I do. But Butler has been a bit funky recently. Like, we have been moving the order around. He's been really aggressive with his bowling changes. Like, he is trying to do things a bit differently. However, I think with the role that particularly male egos play in sport, there is absolutely no way Butler as captain is going to relegate himself down to four. I just don't think he'd do it. Yeah, but anyway, that's what I do for the very point that I I remember the T20s over the summer we played against India. He's had him, didn't he? Yeah, and there was one there was one game, I can't remember which one it was in the series, and I was in the White Cross Tap pub near Barbican, and 
I was watching it on the TV and like they we were something like eight for three after four overs and the two lads, Armand Deep and um Bhuvneshwar Kumar were bowling superbly and it was hooping and it has been swinging for them in Australia and we looked in real trouble and the game was over before it even really started so I'm very worried about that and I think I predicted in our last podcast I think England are going to win it so I'm going to stick to my guns and say we are going to win it but if we're not going to win it we're going to it will be a loss to India the semi-final because of those opening bowlers that's my that's my take. They've also got another big worry in that they've got the world's most informed T20 batsman, Suakir Yadav, who lap sweeps anything. Yeah. And, and he is straight after Co- and you've got to revitalize Kohli and um Rahul's at the top of the order, but Bashama's a season pro. They're a very strong team, but I do think we should over. We should have Pank and Ben again in that team. Yeah, it's I know. It's crazy. But we're we are we're a team absolute box office. Team with some uh, with some I, I can see Hales pinging it everywhere and scoring hundred and winning it as the game was own. I can see Butler doing the same. I can see Livingston smashing fifty off twelve like late on to win us the game. You see Harry Brook doing it. I mean Harry Brook was in an outrageous form and then he got to this World Cup and has completely lost it. If he's not faced many balls, I think is the issue. And I think it's very easy to lose your form in T twenty. Yeah. But I think therefore it also can be easy to find it again. You know, you get a couple of streaky boundaries and suddenly you've feeling good and it starts you start pinging it did you notice this in the new zealand game butler did not look good until the second drop and um he, he did a couple of nice like scoops which is ridiculous that's his release shot or whatever <laughs> um but he wasn't looking like butler and then he got dropped at deep square leg by elliot and it was the williamson one was the that was the key drop wasn't that was it? the was first but then the second drop by elliot the second one and the next ball, he absolutely thumped a four. And I've never seen someone, you know, you come down the wicket and you punch in on the striker's hand. I've never seen someone do that so aggressively. Like he just came up and just absolutely whacked Moeen Ali and then stomped back to his mark. And he was clearly like particularly pissed off at how he was batting. And then he just went into absolute overdrive mode in the next couple of overs. Everything was going four, four, six. And then Stokes ran him out, which was helpful. Um, but and you could, that was, I've never seen someone like find their form through anger. Like you could see it ball by ball, which is really, really fun to watch. You must be uh, buzzing about Pakistan. I, I am. As regular listeners of the podcast will know, I, I love Pakistan. They're my second favourite team. And they've done it in the most them way. Like they really should have beaten India. And not quite, even after the, the two sixes from Kohli uh, at the end of the, the 19th over. Uh, well, I yeah, took it down to... Uh, well, no, it was like 14 or 15 games that over. But there was the six no ball. That was the kind of the, where suddenly the game turned. But they, Mohamed Nawaz completely bottled bowling that, that last over. No ball, by the way. If you come down the wicket to a spinner, the, the thing should be lower. Yeah, I, I agree. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. What's, what's gone is gone. They've both qualified now. But then their loss to Zimbabwe was absolutely bizarre. And then for them to turn it round by winning the rest of their games, uh, playing really well against South Africa. And then a, a bit of luck that South Africa bottled it yet again uh, in an ICC tournament meant that they're they're through. And I think it'll be really interesting. I do feel like this whole tournament is building sadly towards a Pakistan India final after would, it would, stuck. I wouldn't good... mind it. It'd be quite fun. Oh, I good. If as long as Pakistan win that final, I would come away from this World Cup feeling semi-satisfied. I'd be yeah. I'd find that that'd be really funny. If yeah. India won the final, then it would all be rubbish. Yeah, but if it was a Pakistan England final and we lost, I'd be very upset. So like it's it basically there's only two things I really want to happen. 
So I like New Zealand as well. So the only two things I want to happen in this tournament, uh, the most important thing is England win. But if England don't win, I really hope India don't win. Yeah. And then I know I'm pretty relaxed. So it's, yeah, we'll but see. Was, but that was like it. That was that was how it was for the last World Cup. As long as Australia don't win, and yeah, yeah. everyone just went home sad, and I couldn't listen to the great cricketer for two months. Like, yeah, and I'm worried about that because I'm, I'm planning to watch, well, the final next Sunday. Depending on the combination of people, will depend who I watch it with. Because I have one friend who's a he's a ardent Pakistani supporter and if it's Pakistan India that'll be good fun if it's Pakistan England that will not be good fun so I'm well I'm interested to see how it will play out but I do fear sadly India I think are best placed to win it but um what time will the final be it's 8 a.m on Sunday morning ah do you want to watch it yeah go on all right I've I've already asked someone else if I can watch it theirs but I can I can uninvite myself that's okay yeah we could watch it yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, we could do a little preview. A little, and we, this, is how we, we plan, this is how we plan, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And we can do a post a post reaction podcast as as well, straight after the final. I'll, I'll bring my laptop and we can if India win, it'll be a short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Short yeah, well played. Well done, Vera. Yeah, thanks everyone. Bye. Yeah, are we still celebrating. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're gonna turn the TV off. I'm a terrible loser for that. As soon as the team I don't want to win wins, TV's off. I cannot watch the celebration. So basically any of these Chelsea ridiculous Champions League no I've not watched celebrations did you enjoy the football yesterday Uh, this is a cricket podcast so moving on Michael Um, I think I suppose the one other thing I did want to talk about before Michael is now um, laughing at me silently Um, Chelsea does not play well yesterday but um, the last thing I did want to quickly talk about is this bizarre South Africa dynamic with tournaments now there's a whole kind of they always choke in a tournament because they had a, such a great team in the in particularly in the late nineties and they had they were hosts in two thousand and three and they they mucked up the Duckworth Lewis and, and didn't qualify so there's I but then since then although they probably haven't been expected to win a tournament they they still bottle it well they had a good they, the thing is everyone's been saying about South Africa why is no one talking about South Africa they've got such a good team they beat us in the T twenties at home this summer they've got shape bowling bombs and um, their batters who hit bombs like they're a good team and they've got themselves into this position and everyone before the game against Netherlands was talking barring a Netherlands miracle barring a Zimbabwe miracle it will be India and South Africa in the in the semi-finals and yet somehow that Netherlands team with some additions to the ones we watched but that Netherlands team which we watched have just knocked South Africa out of the World Cup with not a big score. I think you've watched the highlights, but South Africa just couldn't get going. But I, I think with their batting, I think it's uh, their batting's actually a lot weaker than it seems. So you've got De Kock and Rousseau who are really well, great. Has scored runs in ages. Yeah, but he's he played okay in that that same game where they scored a massive score against Bangladesh. But um, but aside from them, like Bavuma, I think is is average. And actually, when you look at through most of their order, now, now suddenly their big hitter, Stubbs, who's come out of nowhere, they're, they're weaker on the batting. Their bowling's good, although it can be expensive, particularly Rabada and, and Nortia. They're a bit like Woods. Sometimes that pace plays against you. But they've got good bowlers. They've got a couple of good batsmen. But they're a little bit... When you actually see their team written down on paper, it's definitely weaker than India, New Zealand, England probably than Pakistan as well. But nonetheless, to be in that position and then to lose, and to lose to the Netherlands of all teams, it was... It was, it was quite a sweet moment afterwards. I don't know if you saw. I think the teams were like almost crossing over because they were playing at the same place. And the Netherlands captain called out to the Pakistan, I think it was to Baba Azam. She said, now do your bit, win so we're fourth. Because if you finish fourth, you qualify automatically for the next T20 World Cup. 
you don't have yeah, to yeah. do as much of the qualification. So yeah, he's just like, we've done our bit, now you. Yeah, it makes me be bang the death. Um, nice, great. Well, um, it's been an excellent World Cup. I suppose the, the, the last question is from here, Michael. Who, who's winning your two semi-finals and who's winning the final? I'm going to be up. No, I, don't, I was about to say I'm going to be optimistic against England, but whenever I back England, we tend to boss a little bit. Now, England are going to win it. We're going to win the whole thing. Hales is going to score 100, and then he's going to get a big bear hug from Owen Morgan, and we're just going to see redemption on our screen. It's going to be wonderful. Cool. I, I have three different ways it's going to play out. Which I know that's is not good. how you do that kind of thing. Yeah, no, no, you have to be Well, so my my head my head says yeah, that is so true. <laughs> my my head says um, India will beat us and will play New Zealand in the final and win. So I think India will beat New Zealand in the final. That for me is the the like take trying to take all my emotion out of it, just objectively looking at it from cricketing terms. Obviously, I'm hopeful England win. And so my kind of in my heart, I can see it being the England, New Zealand final and England winning. Sorry, New Zealand, not looking good for you. But then I feel again trying to be almost objectively looking at it from fate's point of view. This is Pakistan being India in the final written all over it, and it's going to be hilarious. So mm. those are kind of my three ways. Now go and watch New Zealand win it comfortably. But um I'm gonna say. It, I'll go with my heart option, and that's England will win it. And I think they'll probably beat New Zealand in the final. Okay. It'd actually be amazing if Pakistan beat India in the final. And it's amazing they got to this point. I know, luckily, considering their two guns haven't even really scored runs. No, Rizwan in one game, but not really. It's been, uh, um, I mean, Istakar can whack it. Shadab Khan. Yeah. Um, but um, come on, England. But yeah, come on, England. I do think the one thing as well worth saying on the reason why. I, it'd be wonderful as long as India don't win it. Is it is worth briefly making the point that the way they try and ostracise and isolate Pakistan from the international cricketing circuit, don't let their players play in the IPL, refuse to um, play them in any forms of series. They only meet in these tournaments, which of course is cutting off um, significant revenue stream to Pakistan cricket. I th- I know there's deeply complex political historical. Um, religious divisions, our country playing a very damaging role in in that and the partition and everything else. Um, but nonetheless, uh, they they are the, India are like the bully boys of international cricket when it comes to money now. And I think Pakistan do so well to continue to compete mm-hmm. as well as they do under such financial strains. So can I yeah. just I just realised we completely overlooked something. Australia have been dumped out of the oh, World yeah. Cup, hosting the World Cup. Pre-tournament favourites, I called them to win it, and they've been dumped out for the semi-finals. Couldn't get going. I think David Warner hit about eight runs at a strike rate of twenty, and yeah, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm taking some enjoyment from it from how annoying it was they won the World Cup of tosses last year. They just didn't get going at all. But what made it all the sweeter was actually they just got they lost one game. Otherwise, they were fine. Um, they didn't get going at all because it rained. Because it rained. At that, I knew when it rained, it was going to be rained off. I was like, this is great news. Because then it becomes so much simpler for us. We have to win two games. And the Sri Lanka game ended up being close. But we were always probably going to win that one. Yeah, so it just know. became a, a straight-off game against New Zealand. Who, and we're good enough to beat them. And the moment we got off to a, the moment we got off to a flyer, and I could see we were going to clock up a big score, um, I was like, you know what? This is uh, this is it. We've, we've, we're going through and Australia out. And it played out perfectly. So... That's a happy conciliatory note to end on. Yeah. Um, so, see you later. Yeah, wonderful one. Uh, Michael, good to see you. Looking forward to watching the final with you. 
And um, yeah, England's world champions in both formats by this time next week. Can't wait. 100%.